Hi, it's Lou Rosenfeld. Uh, welcome to the Rosenfeld Review Podcast, where we're just a bunch of blind men trying to figure out the elephant. And I'm here with um, one of the blindest men I know. No, sorry. That was mean. But he's an old friend, so I can stay, say stuff like that. Dave Maloof. Hi, Dave. Hello. Good to have As you I on the show. I take off my glasses. They can't see that. But uh, welcome to the Rosenfeld Review. You're, you're a repeat offender. Um, uh, and uh, uh, gosh, um, we've offended together for years and years. Uh, I, I think one of the earliest things we worked on was uh, the um, brilliant but sadly uh, premature user experience network. Yes. Uh, some 15 years ago, we, we both spun around for, I, I think I had eight years on that gig, trying to make uh, user experience community grow across silos and across the world. Uh, that was a great project, but we've kept in touch. Mm-hmm. And in um, March of 2017, you uh, threw a word my way that I'd never heard before, but it just changed so much for me. And I want to thank you for that. That word was design ops. You know, design operations, and it just like blew my head up. I just like walked out of that conversation excited and, well, long story short, together uh, six months later, not even, I think, we put on the first design ops summit uh, along with Kristen Skinner and, and Abby Covert. And uh, we're coming up on the 3rd in October, 23rd through 25th, here in New York City. And Dave is one of our two keynoters, uh, along with Amy Thibdo. So we're going to talk about design ops. Well, I'm going to make Dave talk about design ops, because a lot has changed in a very short amount of time. Our research really um, shows that people who are interested in the conference, at least, uh, are, are ready to move on from scoping and definition to practice and answers and uh, very uh, practical, applicable information. We're trying to do that with the program. Dave, as a, uh, the closing keynoter, I think what you're going to be looking at is what is the state of design ops and, and uh, you know, what are the challenges people are facing as they try to build and grow those practices? So let, let, let's, let's open with that. Where, where do you think things are now and, and what are the challenges? I think that like design itself, design operations is all over the place. That there are the select few who seem like they are mature in their practice, both of design and design ops. And in fact, I think having a mature design ops practice is a sign of having a mature design practice. Um, And then there are still the vast majority of folks who are struggling to do design well with or without an intentional design ops practice and everything in between. The people who are just throwing spaghetti at the wall or throwing darts, right? Well, besides time and, and trial and error, what separates the, the opposite ends of that spectrum? How organizations value design is really, has been for me, 
uh, and continues to be for me the quintessential question. And it's about the alignment of the meaning of the value of design across those players. So you have, even amongst the design organization, you will have a spread of, hey, we think design is valuable here. We think design is valuable there. And they'll be relatively close, but there'll be differences in terms of the message that they um, say. And then once you break out of design, that starts to spread even more. And they'll be almost to the point of just disagreement. You know, and the classic examples are organizations where design is tasked to make it pretty or design is tasked to make it easy, right? Those are usually like the simplistic value systems. Um, whereas designers want to be strategic and want to work architecturally and be involved in requirements and think in user-centric ways beyond just easy, but think about motivation and goals um, and things like that. So there's, there's this large swath in, in terms of that. And I think one place where uh, the value of design or the way that people think about the value of design is everyone, designers and non-designers alike, are focused on design as output as opposed to focus on design as its value being its method uh, and how design is done. Um, anyone can create a wireframe, any, pro, any project manager, producer, whatever. I started creating wireframes under the title producer in the 90s, um, but I wasn't designing those wireframes. I wasn't going through the actions of associative thinking, of sketching, of of creating a whole vision. I was doing them one screen at a time and connecting them like boxes and arrows, as opposed to creating a whole story, a whole system approach. Um, and it's that how that changes the value of the what or makes the what more valuable. And that's where design ops comes in. It supports the how, how things get done, not just what gets done. So this is interesting for me because um... Well, uh, if any of you on Twitter um, happen to uh, follow Dave IXD. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know that uh, Dave and uh, um, Jared Spool, for example, often debate this issue of, is everyone a designer? And it's a very interesting uh, thread. Come, come, seems to, to happen every few months. Uh, I, have, I imagine... Um, it will continue to do so for, for years to come. But it's always interesting nonetheless. And I think this, there's a, a, a distinction here that you're making, which is, you know, there's, there's creating, but there's a difference between creating and designing. Designing involves a bit more sort of systemic, higher level view of the story behind the designed object or created object is maybe how you see it. And what I think I hear you saying about design ops is that it, it really only flourishes in settings where the organization has sort of moved from the like unconscious creation to the conscious design, as I think you would put it. Is that a fair 
assessment of what you're saying. Sure, that works. Good, you're I welcome. Think, <laughs> I think I think that that works, and I think you know there's there are reasons for those conversations, good and bad, and our our words are available to us are poor. Um, they uh, a they are ambiguous. B it is really difficult to introduce new vocabulary into the world and not have it be contentious or just difficult to spread, right? Um, usually it takes a real moment in time. Uh, and even then those words might not last. I think about um, Jesse James Garrett in, um, in the early knots, and he came up with this description called Ajax for rich internet applications or the way that rich internet applications were, were created at the time. And the fact that like, we even talk about rich, like I mentioned it in a conversation with friends the other day and they were like, Oh my God, that phrase is, is so old and not useful anymore. But the fact that that phrase Ajax or that, that acronym took on um, value at that time in that time and space is a, a testament to um, Jesse James for, for being able to see a trend early on and B to be able to explain it so well that it memed it, it took off. Right. Um, you know, I think that design has, as a phrase, is the opposite. It's a legacy term. And it has so many meanings to so many different people. Like, hey, what's the label on the back of your jeans? Like designer jeans, right? And, you know, what is the design of the space shuttle? Or, like, there's so many of those things. So corralling all those things into a new meaning is really more difficult than even creating a word. Well, even doing so with design ops is sort of doubly difficult because on one hand, it has that uh, novel and to some degree uh, quality that, that doesn't have much baggage yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet the, the, the bulk of the term is design which is a problematic term for reasons you just mentioned. And then it also has the baggage of ops. That's right. And which which for designers has maybe less baggage so far, but for non-designers, maybe really problematic. Yeah, and I think that there's, um, for designers, um, it has global baggage. The The baggage there is is one where... Um, they've seen it used elsewhere, and so there's sort of resistance in in that way uh, to it. And I go back and forth. For me, um, I try to start everything I write as elongated. I try to start it as design operations and then design ops as an abbreviation for that longer term. Um, but it's really hard not to keep calling it design ops. Like, it's just... It's, uh, it's lazy thinking, but it's also 
you know, just really natural to say it. Well, you know, I wouldn't discount the the value of a term as imperfect as it might be uh, in the sense that it can capture people's imagination and bring them together even for a short while uh, before that term may lose uh, uh, value and relevance. Well, let's get back to what you're seeing. I mean, one of the things that I think um, you've been thinking about lately is the role of research operations and how it is part of or is not part of design operations. Should it be? Shouldn't it be? Is it moot? Because it's, you know, the sense I have to some degree is that it's it's kind of gaining enough currency and and popularity that it might, you know, be its own community and that, that kind of splits it. Um, I think it's an it depends kind of answer. Um, it depends on where your research practice is in your organization. It depends on who is doing research in your organization. Um, a lot of those different things. And, and what is even research in your organization? And so let me kind of like parse a few of those things. So research ops is, is one of the ways that I brought in an operational perspective into a couple of the organizations that I was leading in past lives. And the reason was, uh, there were a few reasons. One, it was about making designers more efficient insofar as they were the ones doing the research and they needed administrative support so that they weren't doing that administration themselves. And the first, the first operational piece is almost always subject recruitment um, in, in that context. Someone needs to be doing, you know, finding subjects to research with, talk to, interview, usability test, doing incentives and managing the incentive programs, doing scheduling and, and things like that. And so those sort of really tactical administrative elements, whether we called them ops or not at the time, are the beginnings of, of research, of operational thinking um, inside those organizations. And this, um, and that's been true in the organizations that I've worked at, but where I lead, my biases come forward. And one of my biggest biases is that um, research is a design activity, that a designer is not a designer unless they're researching um, and doing their own research. That's not agreed to by a lot of people um, out in the world. Um, and I understand those other perspectives, um, but that would be one thing that would change that. The other, th the other thing that, that would change it is, is research always user research or is your research organization a combination of data science, market research, user research, and you actually have a complete research entity, holistic research entity, or is it really research that is 
supporting mostly the design and product perspective right um, from a user perspective i hope you're enjoying the podcast if you want more not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive but we have something that's very current very alive and very engaging for groups and that is our communities Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities. Again, it is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth. We'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're going to find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. Yeah, I mean, I have that same concern about these things cleaving, and we've tried very hard with certainly the the program at the Design Up Summit to keep them together. Uh, but even when we try to do that, uh, it's there's it's sort of hard to it. It's at a point where we almost have two audiences now, and it's hard to keep them both happy with a single program, even if the practice arguably should be under. Uh, one one umbrella. What are some of the other kind of either worrisome challenges that the the people you're consulting for uh, are struggling with that uh, um, you think we're going to hear a lot more about in the next year or two? Well, I think um, two of the things are themes in in the conference this year. One is um, measurement and value. Right. And specifically being tasked with creating dashboards and or otherwise creating reports that demonstrate um, practice value and as well as operations contribution to practice value. Right. So it's on the one hand, part of the operator's job is to show the health and well-being and value of a design practice, right? Um, and as well as because almost all of these design operations um, efforts are new, there is the added obligation to show that design operations itself is being done in a way that's adding value totally to the business. Um, so I think that's one major component. Mm -hmm. 
um, pretty much every client who walks up to me right now is either starting with that or making it a major uh, part of what it is we're trying to achieve. And then the, uh, the other one being that once you become intentional about your operations, you are asking people inside and outside the design organization to change in one in, in so many different ways, whether that's just org structure or how we do workflow or how we hire an interview or recognition and, and all those other pieces. Um, and so design operators are really being tasked with being change managers at the same time and taking on the role and responsibility of change management. So big ones, obviously huge ones. Are, do, do you feel like there's any sort of maybe not solutions emerging, but frameworks, or are we heading in a direction that, that, uh, gives you cause to, to feel like uh, there is real progress being made. Definitely. I think um, one of the things that I'm seeing across the board, um, somebody, um, someone I'm working with right now and, and can't go into specifics because it's a, it's a client, um, showed me an assessment framework that they came up with and you know, at the bottom of it or in their presentation of it to me basically said, oh, this is based on Dave's work. And, you know, nothing more gratifying than, than seeing that. But it's also showing, more importantly, how it's been evolving, that people are um, not just taking other people's work and using it, but combining it and mixing it and moving it forward in new and exciting ways. And previous to seeing this person's work, I had never published an assessment model before. And so it was so interesting for me to see how it, it felt like a springboard, like it felt like, or like a leap, if you will. And, um, but in this person's mind, it was all connected. And that to me is, is showing how much attention people are putting on making design operations truly a practice in that way um, by, by working it through. Um, in this case, I would say, you know, I haven't spoken to him about it, but he, this person was really combining a lot of visual thinking that comes directly out of service design um, practices. And, and knowing this person, I would think that they would agree that that's one of their bigger influences. And I, I like that. I've, I, A, I think of design ops as the service design of your design practice, but B, just the joining of systems design and then this new practice area just felt really good to me. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I'm, things are hard, <laughs> but things are hopeful. Definitely. And, uh, uh, Obviously, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you in October at the Design Ops Summit. And, uh, you know, we've just touched on some of the themes and, and some of the directions things are going in that uh, I think you're going to get into in your closing keynote. Um, I'm going to come back to you in one second to ask you 
if there's any uh, shout out you want to give. But before I do so, I just want to thank you. This is Dave Maloof who's joined us. Uh, if you want to know more about Dave, you might go to his website. That's Dave Maloof, D-A-V-E-M-A-L-O-U-F dot design. Or follow Dave on Twitter where he says a lot. He's Dave I-X-D. Uh, and um, you probably know Dave already if you didn't realize it. Uh, uh, Dave uh, has done many things. He's co-authored uh, a book on design operations through uh, Envision's uh, imprint. Uh, he worked with me and others for years on launching and curating the Enterprise UX, now Enterprise Experience Conference, and obviously we're working together on the uh, Design Ops Summit. Uh, Dave is always doing lots of things. You really should keep up with him. Uh, now that I've shouted you out, what might you want to shout out before we wrap? Yeah, um, I'd say that one of my biggest influences in terms of thinking operationally about the world <laughs> is Harry Max. Um, I had the honor of working with him during my stead at uh, Rackspace. Uh, we have both moved on from that organization since then. He is soon to be an author on Rosenfeld Media, I think. Yeah, right? he. We're yeah. <laughs> Harry's writing a book on a topic that kind of has been crying for a book, and yet uh, I don't think anyone's ever really tackled it, how to prioritize for yourself, yeah. for your team, and for your organization. Prioritization is kind of important. Yeah, it, it definitely is important. Um, so yeah, but uh, he is definitely one of my bigger influences in this regard. And more specifically for Design Ops, um, one of our uh, own team members is Kristen Skinner. And just her work in terms of designing design organizations. But even more than that, she has been a, a pioneer in putting theory to practice um, and letting people know about her learnings in regards to that um, when it comes to, the, as she puts it, design management. Um, and so, yeah. Well, uh, you'll, you would know a pioneer when you see them. So thanks for the shout outs and thanks again for joining us on the Rosenfeld Review. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review, brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen. And please check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.